of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The parable of the Good Samaritan is probably some, is a parable that we have heard many, many times. And among the different things we can say about it, among the different lessons we can learn from it, which Jesus is trying to teach us in this gospel passage, there's one thing that came to my mind when I was meditating on this passage. Now, of course, the parable is a reminder that you and I and everyone in this creation are all living in the same household, the household of God, the creation of God. And because of that, the answer to who is my neighbor is everybody. Everybody is your neighbor, especially when they're in need of something, especially when charity can be expressed to that person. That's when someone is your neighbor the most. Specifically with regards to our community and how we can improve with this lesson, what came to my mind is the nasty and shameful disease that many people in our community have, which is something we can call villagism, expressing prejudices and discrimination towards people from different villages, villages that you might think personally are not as good as yours because you don't know them or because you don't respect people, certain people from that village. Now, not everybody has this problem, but it's big enough to talk about. And I think everyone, hopefully most of us can agree on that. Sometimes we might say, <clears throat> remarks about this subject may be made as a joke. People are just saying things to have fun. We're remembering certain stereotypes from different villages just as a joke, to have fun. That might be true sometimes, but it's like I said, gotten to be a big enough problem that it needs to be addressed, especially in regards to what Jesus is calling us to do in the gospel to count everybody as your neighbor. If we say that's true in a universal sense, in a global sense, regarding the whole world, then how much is it true in a Christian sense, where if you want to take your Christian identity seriously, you and I and all of us are all baptized members of the one body of Christ. So this problem that I'm talking about stains that body, damages that body, damages the community that we're in. If we can't regard people in our own community, in our own families, in our own region as neighbors, how are we going to go follow this vocation, this calling from Christ to go do that in a worldly sense, in a global sense, in a universal sense? The reason it frustrates me a lot it's not because of comments I receive personally, but it's something I see with our youth, our middle school and high school youth, kids that have never been there, kids that don't know the names of these places, kids that cannot point to Iraq on a map. How do they know about these things? Where do they hear about these things? Who passes along this kind of villagism, as I called it? This kind of attitude, the sick attitude that ruins our community, even though 
Sometimes people mean it as a joke. It doesn't matter because there's an effect from it. There's a consequence from it. It interferes with real things. It interferes with relationships and friendships and absolutely marriages, as many of you know, and business. But most of all, it interferes with the topic that the lawyer is mentioning to Christ originally. Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus responds basically by saying, aside primarily from loving God with everything that you have, love your neighbor as yourself. So the risk of having this attitude is losing out on participation in eternal life. It's losing out on communion with the body of Christ. It's not taking the Eucharist faithfully, which all of us are invited to do during this Mass. How can we do so if we have this attitude, if we think this way? Some of us, those of us that are older, this thinking goes back a long time, and maybe it's hard to get rid of it. But please, stop passing it on to your kids. Or if you don't, when people do talk about this stuff and actually mean it, stop them. Say something to them, at least in a kind way, in a nice way, to stop this attitude from spreading. Again, to kids, to kids who have never been there and can't point to this place on a map if you ask them to. Instead, what's the attitude? What does it mean to love your neighbor? The key word is compassion. Compassion. To suffer with another. That's the attitude we ought to embrace. Especially starting from our own families and going further out into the community. No matter where somebody is from. It also is worth noting, what is the real enemy? What's the real problem? Brothers and sisters, the real problem, the real thing that beats us up and leaves us on the side of the road wounded for Christ to come take care of us out of his self-giving love, even though we don't deserve it, the real problem is what? It's sin. It's not knowing what love is. It's not knowing how to love. It's not knowing how to have compassion. It's not practicing the same kind of love that Christ shows us mostly in his willing death on the cross, his innocent willing death on the cross. That's the real problem. The real problem isn't preventing ourselves from mixing with other people or things like that. So today, with this parable, again, that we've heard numerous times, Today is a chance to examine ourselves. Today is a chance to ask God as we approach him in the Eucharist today to ask for the grace to empty ourselves for our neighbors, for our friends, our parents, our children, our siblings, our coworkers, our teachers, fellow human beings made in the image and likeness of God, our neighbors, as Jesus is waking us up to realize today, to empty ourselves for each other and the same way that Christ emptied himself for us, unworthy though we are. Amen.